0: everybody how are y'all doing i'm michael joined by alex as always how's it going and this is Fall through potholes a podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails and alex i realized something as mm-hmm. we're recording this uh, about a week before this episode's going to be coming out mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be our christmas episode yay <laughs> and we're going to spend it talking about silent hill ascension <laughs>
1: Konami and Jinvid's Christmas gift to all Silent
0: Hill fans. Mm-hmm. Such a Christmas gift that they're technically going on hiatus for the the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, that's good for their workers. Yeah. No,
1: that that is probably the right thing to do.
0: It is the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, I think they're taking like a two-week break or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, this is part. As we, I guess we just basically announced, this is part three in our final part for now of Silent Hill Ascension. Uh, We're going to be talking about the plot of the first three episodes. Uh, Currently, there are seven available. Uh, And we're not going into the rest of them for reasons that I will get into here in a second. Okay. If you want to listen to the first two episodes uh, where we go over the development history, both of the history of Genvid, the company behind all of this, the brief history of Silent Hill franchise, and also just all the products that preceded uh, Silent Hill Ascension, uh, you should check out Parts 1 and 2. They're a really good time, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. there's quite a few uh, quite a few really silly stuff involving the metaverse in there if you want to learn about it. But if you're just for the plot, you've come to the right place. So, Alex, my understanding is you have not consumed any sort of like plot or videos from Silent Hill Ascension.
1: No, and in fact, until we started recording these episodes, I thought it was a live-action series.
0: <laughs> so so I hadn't
1: even actually seen it.
0: No, it's an Unreal Engine 5 product somehow.
1: <laughs> oh, that's 5? Yeah, apparently. Oof. Okay, so that's that's where the floor is, huh? Okay. Yeah,
0: they, they could have gone with UE4, but no, we're going to go with that UE5. Why not? Yeah. So we're only going to be doing the first three parts here today, and the reason being is kind of a twofold reason. hmm One, you know, Christmas is coming up, and, you know, as part of the chance to get the, all the episodes out... Uh, Only had a little bit limited amount of time to do uh, uh, basically two episodes as opposed Mm -hmm. to three. Because this first three parts, the first three episodes of Silent Hill Ascension are the longest.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: 51 minutes, 48 minutes, and 39 minutes, respectively. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a a lot that I had to watch. And I went, okay, we maybe need to just like kind of slow down here. And two, we're going to get the point across of what this is. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not a finished product, and in fact, I think they're technically only about six weeks in of Mm -hmm. something that is going to be, I think it's going to be about seven to eight months now, originally planned for six months. So we're only going to be scratching the surface of the plot, which means what I am actually going to be doing, uh, actually, before I even get to that, the way I watched these episodes was via Silent Hill Ascension's website. They don't actually show you the decision points in there. Mm. You can go back and like beforehand and like look up like like after the fact like look up like what decisions were made but right uh you don't know what decisions are actively happening in the moment much less seeing any of like the quick time events or anything like that or getting the names of the NPCs who show up mm-hmm. uh so what I am going to do Alex is that I have decided to commit myself to watching as much Silent Hill Ascension as possible while it's actively airing mhm so expect future episodes oh boy As I get enough material to be like, all right, let me talk to you about this dumb thing that (laughs) happened and this dumb QTE I had to do. Uh, So yeah, sometime next year, we're probably going to do like two or three more episodes of this. Unless it's absolutely terrible and boring, in which case we will never speak of this again. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, with that, Alex, are you ready to talk about the plot of Silent Hill Ascension? Boy, am I. So once again, to give you the idea about this, These are 90 to 120 second snippets that are stitched together to make seven or nine episode snippets that eventually are all stitched together to make one long weekly episode. If that sounds confusing and disjointed, it is. Yay. So let's talk about chapter one, Amiss. So Amiss starts with a man in like a library. He's like short black hair and whatnot. He's just Mm -hmm. making like little wicker men to put in his little fun diorama, his little horror diorama. Mm -hmm. that lasts all of like a good 40 seconds or so before we cut to another scene in Pennsylvania in a town called Hope's Junction we see a woman's voice talk to another woman named Joy about how the pain will hurt but a foundation will make her free as she tells her to repeat the words I am blighted, my words are woe my deeds are wrought, but I am not lost by hallow blade I draw out affliction and I am made pure This woman, whose name is Rachel, then slashes Joy's hand. And Joy looks very upset about this. (laughs) (laughs) So, by the way, when she slashes her hand and draws blood, uh, there's no blood on screen. Nobody ever suffers wounds or anything like this. It's really, really strange. Mm. Given these are all pre-rendered, and they theoretically could have done that. Mm -hmm. So, after Joy's... After Rachel slashes Joy, she goes, Oh, hey, I need to slash you more. The the, the therapies aren't working. (laughs) And then Joy's like, this is kind of dumb. I just want to leave. But Rachel's like, you can't leave because the oath has to be finished. So Joy pushes Rachel down to escape. But then all of a sudden, that causes a Silent Hill monster to show up and just murder the hell out of Joy. Uh, uh, uh. In case you're wondering what a Silent Hill monster is, a Silent Hill monster is either a like a man-shaped object or a dog-shaped object that usually is gross and fleshy and covered in barbed wire. Right. So... We're going to be saying the word Silent Hill Monster an awful lot throughout Mm -hmm. all this, by the way. Fair. So, we then cut to Norway. Okay. Where we see an older man come home after hunting rabbits. Uh, This man is Carl, and he is a grandfather. And we know this because he walks in to hear his bedridden wife just talking shit to her daughter about this young boy who's named Orson who's playing with toys and... Orson seems to be, like, a bit on the spectrum. He's, like, very quiet and reserved and whatnot. Doesn't make a whole lot of eye contact. And the mother, like, the grandmother is like, he is useless. He just pay, plays with dolls. Not like kids in my day. Absolutely useless. <laughs> just like my husband, who is useless. And so, like, after just, like, constantly, like, just talking shit about this child, uh, the um, the child's mother, a woman by the name of Astrid, just goes, like, all right, no, I'm I'm out. And like Carl's like, "Well, don't you want to stay for dinner?" And she's like, "He's th- no. <laughs> talking shit about my kids. I'm going to just go now." So, Carl tries to defend uh his wife Ingrid. Uh but then Ingrid angrily summons her to uh summons Carl to her room. Uh we see that basically she's on like a ton of pain medications uh and, like, is incredibly sick and just an incredible asshole. Just to everybody, including Carl. who mm-hmm. She calls Carl a coward who just constantly hides and actually loves somebody else. And, like, wow, you're just waiting for me to die to run off with her. And Carl just kind of ignores her and just tells her that he's going to go handle the wolves outside. Um, Because they live on a farm, I should point mm-hmm. out. Uh, Carl basically seems like he's a very avoidant personality. Uh-huh in general so like there's like a little bit of truth in ingrid's words here and that's Mm -hmm. something that's going to be kind of a recurring theme with a lot of characters in this game they're avoidant of like tough situations and actions and will instead lie their way out of them either to themselves or others Mm -hmm. that is a running theme throughout this now outside carl hears his grandson and walks into the mist only to hear his wife get attacked by a silent hill monster and then he is casually chased by another silent hill monster (laughs) Like, he does the most casual little run to get away from him. It's real Mm -hmm. nice. So, Carl runs into the house only to end up in a dirty hospital filled with Silent Hill monsters that he runs away from. After which he wakes up in his house and finds his wife dead. And then title card, Silent Hill Ascension. This is the most coherent set of scenes that are going to be in this entire thing. Do not get
1: used to it. Because, like... (sighs) The pacing so far is really abrupt, but Mm -hmm. that's Carl scene in particular is not completely off the mark for Silent Hill.
0: It isn't, no. And, like, if I remember correctly, it's even, like, cut in a way that actually makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, they go from scene to scene without just, like, a gentle fade of black. Because I think zero decisions are being made here and zero decisions Mm. are being voted on. I Uh think this was the first ever snippet that was shown. Okay. Hard to say because they've all been compiled since then. Right. Uh, And so because of that, I think they could actually cut this in a sensible manner. Unfortunately, everything past this will not be. Okay. So back in Pennsylvania, uh, we find out that Rachel is now being surrounded by a bunch of people in like a boardroom as they question her, what happened to Joy? These are members of the Foundation, which is a cult founded by a man named Radcliffe like 200 years ago that is there to basically stop the blight. It's time for cults! Yes, here comes cults! So, uh, there's a bunch of people in this cult. Uh, There's a bunch of NPCs who are Mm. uh, basically like, all have like vibrant hair and weird (laughs) mustaches that they should not have. Um, All staring incredibly blankly, because once again, the avatars in this are animated in such a way where they they had to take an account for a bunch of different styles of characters Mm -hmm. so they're very very wooden and their Mm -hmm. skin doesn't quite look right compared to everyone else so they they basically stand out like a sore thumb Mm -hmm. there are other characters that are more bespoke though that do fit in like xavier an older black man who um is like uh how do i describe him I don't know how to describe him. He has, like, short (laughs) gray hair, and he's very tense. He's a very tense person. Mm -hmm. He's, like, the leader of the Foundation, except he's not the leader of the Foundation. Mm -hmm. He might be just the leader of the Hopes Junction, like, segment of the Foundation, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't seem like they exist anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Now, he is assisted by a second-in-command, Kirsten, who is an uh, Asian woman who basically just... Fucking hates rachel <laughs> she thinks rachel is the worst thing in the world and just exists to get anybody killed um and like uh describe rachel too uh rachel is a uh, full name rachel hernandez uh a latina woman who uh basically like just like wears like a short button down shirt and whatnot um and is a married to a man named Eric, who's also a member of the Foundation, although he's only an initiate who just barely got inducted into the whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's our main cast for the Foundation that aren't avatars. So Rachel's being brought in because Joy died under mysterious circumstances. Uh, Kirsten thinks that uh, Rachel's getting people I killed, and that's really, really dumb. And they're going to bring Rachel before the elders to testify about what happened. And Xavier's like, hey, listen... It'll be fine as long as you believe in the teachings of the cult or the foundation, I should say. Everything will be okay because you are the chosen one. You're the one who's been chosen by the purifier to lead us out of the darkness. Uh, It is not really clear why Rachel is the chosen one. She does have visions of monsters that happens constantly. Mm -hmm. So it might be her schizophrenia that is made them decide that she is the one who's like... She's not actually schizophrenic, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Basically, the fact she's having visions is why she's chosen by the purifier. It's not really clear. Uh-huh. So we immediately cut from this to a laundromat where we find Rachel meeting up with her husband, Eric. Eric is a sad boy who basically <laughs> gets pushed around by everybody. Mm-hmm. A very meek kind of guy. He's a, he's a doormat, more or less. Okay. Now, they discuss writing a note to Joy's drunk, useless brother, Toby, about their sister's death, uh... Because apparently Eric is friends with Toby, and Toby apparently is a real problem in town. They got to make sure they keep, take care of Toby. and maybe if they write a message about him about his sister's death, he won't go after the foundation. That, so then we cut. okay so then we cut to Norway. We're back with Carl. He's sitting uh, alone with his bread uh, being
2: sad.-hmm
0: um, I think literally the the bread's the first piece of food and the only piece of food I've seen in this entire game, hmm which I think is why there's a bread emoji sticker in this okay. Great. The bread of the main character is what I'm trying to say. Uh Uh, So he's there with his daughter. His daughter and Orson show up, and they're being, like, very super cagey about things, and they find out uh, that Ingrid is dead. So the daughter is angry because it seems like that Carl did nothing. Like, he apparently called an ambulance, but he's just being kind of, like, detached from things. Um, And, like, the daughter then, like, goes up to see her mom and finds a syringe on the ground, syringe filled with morphine which she wasn't prescribed and so she immediately just accuses carl of murdering her mom Mm -hmm. carl says he would never do that uh which then causes uh uh astrid to have an experience where her mom suddenly comes alive and attacks her but it turns out it's a dream because the ambulance arrives cut back to hope's junction (laughs) Uh, what (laughs) yes yeah we just go back to hope's junction (laughs) do you see where this is like a very disjointed mess
1: Yes, I'm sorry. So, okay, so speaking of The Walking Dead from last episode, Mm -hmm. one of the problems The Walking Dead ran into uh, as it went on was what it's writers called boomerang storytelling, Mm -hmm. which is basically jumping back and forth between characters from week to week, and leaving off each week with a cliffhanger for that character, and -hmm. then immediately jumping to a different character. Mm. This feels like that, but it happens every 10 minutes,
0: which oh, 10 is exhausting. Minutes is, 10 minutes is charitable, Alex. Uh-huh. This is happening every 90 to 120 seconds.
1: Oh, good, good. That's like the most exhausting thing I can think of.
0: Yeah, it really is. Like, yeah, talking about that section with my like Carl that we just did, that was, I think, like a little over 120 seconds. Um, The part where they were in the laundromat was, like, another 90 seconds, and then before that, when they were just hanging out with Xavier, that was another 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's exhausting, and it just keeps pinking back and forth.
1: And, like, nothing has time to happen in a scene of that length. You don't get any investment in the characters. You don't get any significant, like, dialogue or character moments. Mm -hmm. That's not enough time to do anything with a scene, except events occurring.
0: Yeah, right. And I think the big thing is that there's like some sort of like underlying like architecture limitations where they have to cut these scenes like this. And so they have only like a limited amount of time to do. Then they have to cut and then go to another scene. And then because of that, you have things like, yeah, like people storming out of a house, but then the very next scene, they're back in the house. Like, it's really weird. So back in Hope's Junction, we see Toby being drunk when he hears a voicemail from his now dead sister while Silent Hill monster stalks him. He then goes, um, out of the bar where he runs into, oh, yeah, he goes, like, into, like, the bathroom, like, hears voices from Joy, his sister, Mm -hmm. and then goes back out to the bar where he runs into Rachel's husband, Eric, who's like, we need to talk. Because it turns out Eric is, like, Toby's one friend. Everybody in Hope's Junction hates Toby Mm -hmm. for reasons that are not immediately clear. Now, so, like, uh, Toby is like, yeah, we do need to talk. Get my sister away from the cult. And then Eric's like, oh, uh, yeah, uh. She, she's dead and so toby is like whoa whoa whoa! what
2: mm-hmm. like
0: i you gotta tell me what happened and then eric a dipshit hands him a pamphlet for the dumb colt instead he's like there's a poem on the back maybe you'll find comfort what <laughs> yeah what what does that mean eric <laughs> so what's that mean eric <laughs> my sister is dead why did my sister die here's a poem <laughs> 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 that doesn't answer anything eric so, Toby doesn't like this, so he punches um, He punches Eric, mm-hmm. uh, who then tells no one in particular that he's fine. They're friends before walking off and the scene ends. What? Yeah. <sighs> I know, right? <laughs>
1: like, I'm trying to see what they're trying to do through the lens of what Silent Hill is. Mm-hmm. And, like... I guess the idea is there, but like character writing exists. Yeah, yeah, and it's important.
0: Yeah, you know, Alex, actually, I I seem to have recorded this actual interaction. Would you like to see it?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's see this because oh my god, I'm I'm having trouble even envisioning this.
0: Yeah, I I think this kind of needs to be seen to believe, and we'll we'll definitely uh play this during the episode as well.
2: Yeah need to talk to you. Yeah, you do. Your wife is pulling my
0: sister deeper into her goddamn cult. And it needs to stop. She's dead. Rachel? No. Your sister. Joy.
1: No, no, no. Joy's fine. I just heard from her. I'm so sorry. I am. What do you mean you're not sure? Rachel said it was
2: some kind of accident. Wanted me to give you this. What the hell is this supposed to be? It's a prayer for you from the foundation.
0: Rachel thought it would bring you some, I don't know, comfort. Comfort? Are you fucking kidding me, Hernandez? She said Joy would have wanted you to have it.
2: Take that shit
0: out! What the hell does Rachel know about what Joy wanted? It's okay. It's fine. We're friends.
1: I I, I don't... Right? No one's, like, space of mind was consistent (laughs) for five seconds in that scene.
2: (laughs) No, it wasn't!
1: (laughs) Like, nobody's... Nobody had two lines that made sense going from one to the other. <laughs>
0: it's, uh, yeah, it's incomprehensible, isn't it? It's incomprehensible. Like, like here, have a, I guess fact check myself, a prayer. And it's like, mm-hmm. just looking at a piece of paper. Like, why would you do this? Punch. I just say, oh, we're fine. Gonna just turn around and awkwardly walk off. And the other guy awkwardly sits down on a bar stool and stares into the middle distance. Like, yeah, it's everything about, like, how the animation is, like, to, like, the actual narrative in there. Like, the voice mm-hmm. acting seems, like, fine. I guess that's the one thing I could say about it's it. It's okay. But, yeah, it's, that is every snippet, Alex, is something like that. Except oh. with usually less action than that. Just,
1: it doesn't, it doesn't, it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not great. Like, okay, the biggest problem I'm
1: hearing about this is that nothing has time. Mm -hmm. Silent Hill Hill 1 starts off pretty, like, Mm fast-paced because it's supposed to be like you have crashed into this town, it's deserted, you don't know what's going on, and then suddenly monsters appear. But in general, Silent Hill kind of works best when it is slow and building. And I'm not going to say contemplative, mm-hmm. but it lets like things linger and mysteries sort of fill the space. Mm-hmm. This is like, there's a monster. That's scary. Okay. Now we're going to talk. Okay. Now we're going to go to a different character on the other, other side of the world. Oh no, there's a monster. Hmm. and it's like what we don't have time to get into it with anybody
0: yeah yeah this is this is totally not served by the fact that yeah it just keeps popping back and forth so constantly because yeah you're right you don't there seems to be like something undergoing like the relationship between eric and and toby but you don't really know that at all you just it just seems like Eric is just like an idiot who's just like, "Oh no, your sister died. Here's a prayer. Oh, got uh, punched. Uh, I'm gone." <laughs> Which is yeah, it if they just like had a couple scenes back to back with these characters. Mm-hmm. Like and it, they sort of do it like in fits and starts. Like the very next actually no, very next scene they don't. But um mm-hmm. next scenes with a different set of characters. I thought it was I was wrong. Um <laughs> they occasionally do do this in fits and starts, but they uh-huh. never commit to it. And since they're popping constantly back and forth between literally two different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it makes it just seem that much more disjointed. So speaking of all that, we're now back with Rachel as she goes into the Foundation meeting room where she sees a Silent Hill monster only for it to disappear as Xavier and Christian lock in. Xavier claims it was a vision, a gift the Purifier has given her. Also, apparently, once again, they talk about Radcliffe as the founder of the Foundation and how, you know, he talked about this in his writings and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Krista thinks this is dumb as hell and that Rachel's going to get everyone killed. But I, And it starts to questioning Xavier, who's like, no, I'm just keeping the whole town safe. We have to go with Rachel. While Rachel's like, man, it's my fault that Joy's dead. But Xavier is like, it's not your fault Joy died. She just didn't believe hard enough. <laughs> she just didn't believe hard enough that she would not be murdered by that Silent Hill monster. <laughs> so they talk about Toby and how he doesn't want to join the cult and so he should be dealt with. Also, apparently, Eric, being an initiate, is asking too many questions. and needs to be put in place. What? Yeah, apparently, uh, initiates are not supposed to know about the inner workings. But he keeps asking questions like, "Hey, why do we keep going to these meetings?" And also, and like, why is our daughter being involved in the meetings when she's like seven? You know, stuff like that. Uh huh. Stuff that he shouldn't be asking. So back in Norway, <laughs> Carl meets with the police. We learned that everyone in Norway kind of hated Ingrid and also the entire uh, family as well. So they just, Mm -hmm. er, they hate the entire family. They think they all suck for reasons that are unclear. Uh, The detective herself is like a complete jerk. She's like thinks Ingrid is evil and whatnot and that she probably had what was coming to her. What was that? I don't know because we're going back to home junction. Okay, so there is a problem built into Silent
1: Hill (laughs) that kind of needs to be addressed. Okay. Because Silent Hill is a franchise with two identities. Mm -hmm. Silent Hill 1 was something of a, I won't say Resident Evil clone. Yeah. But it did take somewhat heavy inspiration from Resident Evil. It certainly did, yeah. Its narrative is heavily involved with cults and occult happenings and unraveling this conspiracy in the remnants of Silent Hill That may involve either demonic powers or a mass shared hallucination from a tainted water supply. Mm -hmm. But it is heavily influenced by the satanic cult that has taken up uh, basically control of the town's survivors after the fall and isolation of the town. Mm -hmm. Silent Hill 2... Is basically about a deep dive into one person's personal trauma and guilt over their shittiness or black thereof. It's ver- left very ambiguous as to how actually at fault or even repentant they are about the events of their past. Mm-hmm. And it is a very sort of slower burn, contemplative exploration of trauma and guilt and personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the result of these two things is that Silent Hill has been kind of caught between those two themes. Because Silent Hill 3 went a lot more back to the cult and occult angles. And Silent Hill 4 leaned back into the personal trauma and guilt angles. And every game after that was about Pyramid Head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what the show appears to be doing is kind of trying to approach both angles where one is about people in a cult and how kind of messed up that is, and the other is about an old man and his personal trauma about his dying wife. Mm -hmm. And we are basically holding the two exemplars of what Silent Hill is about and being like, what if it's both? (laughs) And the answer is, they don't work together, actually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they don't. And like if they're... I think there is like a through line with both. There is something that connects both of them and that is just like avoidance. Right. But at the same time, yeah, they do. They do have like two different tones to them.
1: Yeah. Cause like I could see there is a way I think the show could work with Hope's Junction Mm. being about someone embedded in this strange demonic cult that then the, influence of silent hill starts to reach to Hmm. that's sort of an interesting angle i think yeah but then for it also to be about like no but it's about trauma it's like okay
0: yeah it's like it's one of those things that where i feel like maybe like as this show goes on they'll actually kind of hit that trauma angle like more and like Mm -hmm. make it more prominent and will actually kind of get somewhere but with the amount of content that they're showing off, and the like, the sheer length of this entire thing, and the constant right. ping ponging viewpoints, it's it takes internally like it, we're still like a like nearly like seven weeks in. We finally finally something has happened that connects the two areas. Uh huh. Yeah, like kids start going missing in both in Hope's Junction and in Norway. So we finally start to get something that's going to connect the two like seemingly like separate stories. But oh, it takes so long to get there.
1: Right. This is a Silent Hill. So it has to be about parenthood as well.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, there's going to be a lot of parenthood in this. though more on the uh, Norway side. OK, fine. Mm-hmm. So back in Hope's Junction, Rachel is looking at her sleeping child, whose name is Faith, and her cool lava lamp as she goes to clean the kitchen when Silent Hill monsters show up and burn her arms. Only for those burns to disappear when Eric shows up. She then tells Eric what happened to Joy and sees another Silent Hill monster, which prompts her to tell Eric and Nina to flee their home and go to the foundation. Something that, as Eric implies, this is not the first time this has happened. Now, Eric is worried that this is going to traumatize Faith, but Rachel's like, shut up and do what I say. Mm -hmm. End scene. Back with Toby, he is wandering through the forest drunk at night, listening to old voicemails. That's when he hears Joy, who tells him he never cared about her, and that's why she joined the cult. He then opens his eyes to find Joy's body and also Joy's ghost. We also find out that Rachel destroyed Choby's life somehow. And he learns the foundation killed Joy. Ghost Joy then tells him to burn burn it all down. Which is not clear if she means the town or the foundation, but whatever. She then Mm -hmm. disappears. We then cut to a hospital in Norway. Okay. Astrid is investigating the syringe in a lab when she discovers it has morphine in it. Which I guess I already spoiled. No which her mom wasn't prescribed a teacher then calls and tells her orson has bitten a student and has to stay at home for a few days a man then with a with bright uh hair comes on in and is like hey i have a sample for you oh there's something going on with your son maybe you should be harsh with your son and then the scene immediately ends okay so there is something with the scene i do want to highlight and i actually Mm -hmm. do want to show you another clip about it because there are constantly decisions that are being made in this episode, right? That are right. community driven. And there are almost always three choices. Mm-hmm. And it they are like I was worried that it wasn't gonna be clear like what decisions were being made at what moment. And then this scene happened, and I went, oh no, it's exceedingly obvious what scenes are at what, what decisions are gonna be happening. Mm-hmm. So let me go ahead and show you this real quick. Okay. Got the report on the C1 cultures you wanted.
1: Everything okay?
2: Uh, Some drama at Orson's school.
1: Apparently he misbehaved. But it could have been the other kids who started
2: it for all I know.
1: One parent to another? If you let him off easy now, it'll just lead to more bad behavior down the line.
2: Sounds like my mother. If anyone in my family stepped even a toe out of line, we never heard the end of it. I never wanted that for Orson. And he's so impressionable at this age.
1: It takes a lot of work to not become our parents.
2: (sighs) Maybe I'll just give him a good talking to.
1: In my experience, lectures are sometimes not enough. In one ear,
0: out the other. What would you do? Something he'd understand. Like taking away his toys.
2: He'd hate it. And I'm not sure I could handle the tears.
0: We all have to learn that actions have consequences. Scene suddenly ends. Uh, so yeah, you can see how very clearly what the mm-hmm. three decisions are in there, right? Right. Yeah. They just like set them up in this like very awkward manner of like, well, you should be harsh with your son. Oh, maybe I should talk with him. What would you do? Maybe you should take his toys away. Those are the three decisions. You can vote mm-hmm. on them now. Yeah, it's... And like you could it, it's very funny like how obvious like the NPC characters are in that yes. once again. Yes, like, incredibly. Yeah, just bright orange hair with white T-shirts. <laughs> that's one of the few options you have. As he talks about one parent from another. Trust me, I'm totally a parent. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. So now we're back with Orson as he's hanging out with his grandfather, Carl. Oh, no. Carl walks in, and he sees uh, that he's with a woman named Ava. Uh, Ava is a younger woman who basically, like, lives with her mom. Kosta gets kicked out, and Carl's just totally cool with her hanging out. Now, what they like, Carl's, like, being, like, nice to his grandson and whatnot, and we find out that Ava lost her grandma around the same age Orson did. Uh, Orson then asks where his grandma is, and Carl tells him she's dead. Carl then tells Orson he needs to go check on the farm if he'll be okay by himself. He then says he'll play as Zane, the man in the fog. Back at Hope's Junction.
1: Like, again, (laughs) I feel like either of these stories have potential. Yeah. But there's just nowhere near enough overlap in what's going on or what their themes are or like their mood or anything Mm. to try and run both of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really isn't, right?
1: and it feels like they only have two because they need to cut to one so they can resolve the voting with the other
0: mhm yep yeah you're you're totally uh, you're totally not wrong about that which means that they can't be brought into line because if they were to
1: sync up then you would have the problem that they are here to solve
2: mhm
0: yeah yeah, that's, uh, that's the real, that's, like, another, like, issue with, like, the voting that I really didn't think about. It's, like, yeah, they have to, like, kind of, like, slow burn it a bit. hmm But, like, they don't, like, do it significantly enough. Or at least not significantly right. enough when viewed back-to-back like this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I'm sure that, like, they set up the decision for, like, one episode snippet and then the next day they resolve it. Right. But, like, when you're viewing it as the compilated episodes, it's more like, okay, two scenes happen and then they resolve it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, why couldn't you just do these back-to-back where it would make more coherent sense? Right. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great. So, back in Hope's Junction, Faith tells her mom that it sucks to be at the Foundation, and she's, like, basically complaining. And Rachel tells her the story of the stone castle and how the purifier kept them safe. Xavier then calls her the chosen one again, and Rachel brushes it off, saying, yeah, she's protected, but what about her family? What if Krista is Right. And Xavier angrily tells her, Krista is wrong, and that the elders will help. How will they help? I don't know, because we're back in Norway. Why is Krista here? Krista is such an asshole throughout the entire she, she thing. She just
1: naysays the Foundation's entire, like, theology and practice.
0: Yeah. But they're, they're getting mad about Eric asking questions? Yeah, well, Krista's like, you people are idiots, Rachel's not the chosen one, all the Tishis are stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Krista is the second in command to Xavier as well, which is what makes it even funnier. And it's going to be like, it's going to also be like later established, like Xavier, like trusts Krista far more than he trusts Rachel. And it's like, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> but You just said she was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you just did. But no, no, it's she has, she believes the teachings though. It's like, does she? <laughs> I'm not convinced of that. <laughs> oh, it's real great. It's real. Good. Krista's my favorite thing about this sh- this <laughs> entire show, um, and we're not going to get into the, like this episode, but there's like later scenes where she's just like actively is trying to break up marriages and just like do all sorts of- <laughs> all sorts of stuff. And it's like hell yeah, Krista. Um, so back in Norway, Carl's playing with Orson when his daughter shows up. Um, Astrid, the daughter, tells mm-hmm. Orson about him biting the kid while Orson ignores her. Uh, she then tells him doing bad hurts the people around him. And that he shouldn't be like, uh, like your grandmother. Uh, his grandmother, I should say. Mm-hmm. So this is like the one time where the scenes actually flow to another where uh, it involves the same people because we then just cut to downstairs in the same house with a slow fade to black, but still at least the same, same mm-hmm. house. Ingrid and Carl talk about the syringe, which then causes Carl to get super angry and defensive, saying her death wasn't his fault, which causes a Silent Hill monster to show up while he's being berated by Astrid. He then sees that the Sound Hill monster is behind Astrid, so he throws a cast iron pan at it, and nearly, almost nearly, hits Astrid, who thinks she's getting the pan thrown at her and angrily decides to leave while Carl pleads for her not to go. Back at Hope's Junction, mm-hmm. we're at the laundromat while Faith is playing an arcade game in the dirtiest laundromat in the world. This laundromat is so dirty, In like mm-hmm. every other scene, it seems to be like Eric trying to clean it and failing to do so. <laughs> But yeah, the entire family is here. It's Rachel and Eric. Um, as uh, Rachel starts to hear her voices, and a head screams at her from the laundry, laundry like one of the laundry machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric is then like, hey, let's go home. And Rachel says, no, let's get our stuff and go back to the foundation. Which seems to imply that they were at the foundation and then have left to go to the laundry bath for some reason, but now they're going to go back to the foundation instead of going back home. Mm-hmm. And Eric's like, Tell me what's going on. And Rachel tells him, no, that would break my oath. What? What Yeah. What is her oath? I don't know. Because we're back in Norway. Ingrid is hanging out in Carl's house when she finds another syringe. She invites the detective back over and gives the detective the syringe, hoping to uncover the truth. This is, by the way, after she had stormed out of the house. Mm -hmm. She just kind of came back, I guess, and just hung out. So, back with Carl, he's looking at a dead carcass out in the woods. When the de- 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 detective shows up, and tells her, him, he, she just got the evidence to put him away. Carl then tosses the detective, saying that she was here to arrest him. He, she would, and then she tells Carl, confess because the truth will come out sooner rather than later. Back in Hope's Junction, Rachel. Okay. See-
1: <laughs> H- here's here's the problem. Yeah. I'm bored. Yeah. Right. I. Yeah. Like it's not. E- it is not even the problem with the story structure. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. The problem is that nothing is actually happening. Yeah. Like we're just jumping around. People being crappy assholes. Yeah, we are. And then some monsters show up to be like, oh, guilt
0: and trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so silly, pointless. Like, imagine how I felt watching this. <laughs> yeah, I. Oh. I, uh, It went on forever, which I think is maybe part of the reason why this is constantly supposed to be like seven to 12 minute snippets, because how could you watch more of this back to back?
1: Yeah, even Silent Hill 4 dragged you into Silent Hill by this point. Mm
0: hmm. It takes until episode three before they end up in Silent Hill.
1: Silent Hill is where you're supposed to be confronted by your shittiness. Yeah. We don't need to spend this long in the real world going over it.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, you really don't, but nope, apparently apparently for this first episode, you absolutely do. All right. Yeah. So we'll just skip to the end of this episode. Essentially- no, Rachel- Yeah, you,
1: you can keep going. I'm just saying that, like, man, this is a boring way to tell a
0: story. It really is. But, like, yeah, end of this episode, Rachel proceeds to ex- basically explain to the elders who are all NPCs that, mm-hmm. um, hey, no, it's not my fault. I don't know why Joy died. And the elders are angry because they are not pleased with her. Because her faith has wavered. And that this order has been around for hundreds of years. And they're going to do a ritual clarity to figure out what happened. And then the main elder says, we must stop the withering. And that since Rachel's been seeing it, Rachel needs to take someone along with her to do a ritual. That she has a strong bond with it. And that could be either her husband, the only person she has a strong bond with, Krista for some reason... Or the huh? grand elder, <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Wait, wait. The choice isn't between her husband and her daughter.
0: No, it's not. Just her husband, Krista, or the grand elder. What? Wait, I think his name Barbara. I forget. What? Wait, that doesn't. What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I know it doesn't. Right? She, she'd str- only care if one of those people died. Yeah, you have a strong bond with Krista because you want to murder her. <laughs> Just like not inaccurate. <laughs> That's how the episode ends. So, episode two, Blights.
1: Oh, okay.
0: What? <laughs> Blight starts in Norway, where Astrid is looking at cultures in a dirty lab when Carl shows up. He is upset that she gave the detective the syringe, and also finds out that apparently Astrid doesn't trust Carl with her son, Orson, since so she thinks he killed her mom. Back in Pennsylvania, Toby is getting drunk. Someone explains to Toby how cults work and he needs to stay away from the foundation and that something big is going down next week. Apparently, this lady gives him three options to talk with Eric to get the information about the event, like talking to him, lying, or beating him up. In the bathroom, Toby hears a lady throwing up and sees scary pills and runs out of the bar. Back what? in Norway, Carl's getting drunk in a bar. getting being sad and he's about to get charged with murder. This is an ice bar, by the way. The bartender tells him that he... He needs to talk with the police because they'll see reason because he's a narc. That or keep the information to himself. Okay. So
1: funnily enough, this is like one of the first times I'm as- actually hearing choices happening. Yeah. Because up till now, other than like that one thing with Astrid, I was like, what what choices have been there to make?
0: <laughs> yeah. Part of that is my fault because I've just been uh-huh. skipping to like whatever choice they actually did make. Right. Th- these ones were so exceedingly obvious, even more than uh-huh. like the scene that I showed you, that I was like, okay, this this MPZ is literally telling Eric is like, well, maybe you could talk to him or you could use his emotions to manipulate him. Or if need be, maybe you just need to threaten him. And it's like, okay, there's are three choices.
1: Yeah, boy, man, I love it when I ask my bartender for advice, and he gives me three wildly different stances on how to deal with my fellow human beings. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that are just like, yeah, so wildly different.
1: It's like, oh, you know, when I have a problem with something, I like to talk him out. I like to talk it out with them. But sometimes I prefer to just beat them up in the face.
0: Hmm.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that seems like a sane person. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, "Alright, cool. Are you a Borderlands character?
1: Like, what what's going on here?" Do do you have any personal stance on like which of those is a better approach to take as a person? I don't know. How about we ask like 200,000 people?
0: They probably will, they'll probably give us an like a, a a choice that is not going to be the worst possible choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's they're so, it's it's just so funny how they just, like, phrase these choices. Like, it's
1: wild. It also, but, and it also creates this this problem of which character are we following right now?
0: Uh, Toby. Toby.
1: Or Carl, what, actually Carl, yeah. Oh, Carl. What would Carl do? What is Carl's character for handling a situation like this?
0: Sometimes what they'll do in a scene is that, like, like Carl, for instance, will get the choice of being like, I don't know. They probably will think I'm crazy. Maybe I shall keep it to myself. And then the bartender's like, well, if you don't tell them, then I will. So I suggest you do this.
1: That's like the opposite problem of, okay, then there's not actually a choice. Yeah. Like people are going to find out.
0: Yeah, it's um like, this is maybe one of those choices that it's going to just be immediately retconned like later to get them onto like, whatever story beat they want to be on.
1: Yeah. And also it still doesn't, really tell you carl's character because Mm -hmm. carl's character is decided by however many people are watching and vote on this Mm -hmm. so your main characters don't actually have like a consistent character (laughs) they're avatars for popular democracy
0: yep although honestly popular democracy might be a strong word given that you can (laughs) put your thumbs on the scales if you have enough money yes (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> also true. Also that. Yeah, it's not great. So, back in Pennsylvania, Rachel's at the Foundation and sees a bunch of NPCs trying to break in, but it was just a vision. The other Foundation members show up and ask well, who she wants to form Rachel, and Rachel selects Krista, the girl who really hates her because <laughs> friction can be a good thing. Even Krista's like, this is a bad idea, but uh, thanks, I guess. So the head of the Foundation tells Rachel... She's not under any suspicion anymore, and she's special. She also calls her a good girl, which is weird.
1: That is weird. Also, why is she no longer under
0: suspicion? Oh, well, they did the ritual of clarity, and I guess it showed that she, that Joy was killed by a Silent Hill monster. There's gonna be um. This is not gonna be the first time that somebody is going to be under a cloud of suspicion for something, and then it's just gonna get immediately resolved without any real payoff. Uh huh. Just a FYI, of that one. Okay. So back in Norway, Astrid and Carl are hanging out at Carl's house while Carl's being sad that Astrid is keeping his grandson away from him. I just wrote, why the fuck is she here? End scene! <laughs> okay, yeah. Um. Oh, actually, no, there is one other part here. I mm. I do these notes that every paragraph is a scene, and I failed this time. So <laughs> we find out that they're talking about whether or not Brit, uh, Astrid's sister, should come home and come to the funeral. But she apparently doesn't want to because she hates her family. So they discuss how they should talk to Brit, to see if she'll come home. Like, maybe they should scold her. Or maybe they should empathize with how she was treated by her family. Wonder what choice will be made. Anyways. I... Okay, sorry. who Who is discussing this in this scene? Astrid and
1: Carl. Astrid hates Carl. Why is she talking to him?
0: Exactly right.
1: <laughs> why, why is she negotiating this with him?
0: It, yeah, right. Yeah, she starts out the scene being like, "Yes, Orse is gonna stay away from you until I know I can trust you." So yeah, let's talk about um, whether or not my, my sister's gonna come to the funeral. Right? How do you think I should handle that <laughs> man who I think murdered my mom? And also
1: is probably the source of Brit's trauma.
0: Yeah, potentially. From the sound of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I... Yeah, it's it's like they just like it's kind of like going back to that scene with Toby and Eric in the bar where mm-hmm. it's like. Like conflict will happen and then it just sort of gets like dropped and ignored and it's just like right. other things happen. Yeah, it's it this is why people think this was written by an AI. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it's just so disjointed, even in the individual scenes, much less scene to scene.
1: It feels like a prime time like a prime time show with an ensemble cast mm-hmm. where you have like a dozen characters that can be the central character of this week's plot. Mm-hmm. And someone else can be the central character of the B plot, but they're all trying to be the central character of the plot at once, mm. and it's like I don't know whose trauma I'm supposed to be following right now,
0: yeah, yeah, and i I don't think the game knows either, really, or say, th- interactive life event, yeah, yeah, it's uh yeah, it's not great, and once again, it just it never stops being that, Alex yay, yay. Back at the dirty laundromat in Pennsylvania. Why Toby- are they back at the laundromat? Oh, because that's where uh, Eric works. Because Toby goes to talk with Eric, who isn't there. But he does hear his sister's voice blaming him for her death. Eric then shows. Oh, also, I think you see the um the same head in the laundry machine thing here. They just repeat uh-huh. that scene for Eric. Uh, if it's not here, it's later, anyway. Okay. Uh, Eric then shows up, and Toby asks, "Hey, what's going on in the foundation?" Eric is reluctant, but he's convinced pretty easily and tells Toby that, yeah, this could be a ritual tomorrow night. <laughs> Toby then just waters out into the fog, complaining about the foundation as he sees sees Joy walk out from the alleyway covered in needles, demanding justice from Toby for not helping her. Why is she covered
1: in needles?
0: Uh, because she used to be a drug addict. And, uh, okay. Yeah, and basically the uh, foundation got her cleaned up and off, of, got her sober. And apparently uh she would like constantly nearly OD and I think Toby wouldn't help her. Uh-huh. Is the implication there? Right. Yeah. So back in Norway, Carl's being interrogated by the detective who claims they found puncture marks on her body and that they're gonna put him away for good. Carl tries to tell this side of the story, only for the detective to get the autopsy report, which says his wife died of natural causes and he's free to go. Oh, okay. Oh, whoops, I guess that whole part was just pointless. Oh, well, whoo.
1: So, um, so I have a question about the puncture marks. Yeah. Because I assume these are, like, puncture marks from barbed wire or
0: something? I presumed it was from the syringe. The syringe, okay. Yeah, though, I mean, that could be, it could be from barbed wire. It could be from when the Silent Hill monster attacked her.
1: Did they say what the natural causes were?
0: Ah, uh, the natural causes from whatever illness she was suffering from. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's interesting because like I I guess I I said I wrote here. Well, this feels pointless, but I mm-hmm. guess I could see that ultimately there being sort of a point where it's like Carl working out his trauma and whatnot, and like right. thinking he's seeing things when his wife actually just died of natural causes, didn't kill mm-hmm. be killed by a monster, but he thinks he's the monster or something. But uh, they have gotten nowhere close to that payoff at all. So okay. At the moment, it feels just like, oh, yeah, no, your wife died. I guess you weren't under suspicion. See you later. We'll get you on something else, literally the detective says. We'll we'll find a reason to arrest you. Why? Because the detective just really hates that family. Why? Still unclear. <laughs> so Astrid is then hanging out uh, at a dock for some reason with Orson. Oh, uh, no. This, we're not at the docket. She's hanging out in, like, a public square with Orson okay. in the middle of the fog, in the middle of the night. When she calls Brit, uh, who basically is just like, I hate my dad. I became a drunk. I also hate that you called me. And you're a goody two-shoes. How dare you try to emphasize with my position? Uh, Because mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, I know. I know why you had to, like, escape the family. The family was terrible. She's like, you don't know nothing. Click. So Orson then disappears into the fog as, tr- as Astrid is transported to a Twisted Hell version of Norway, where she sees a Silent Hill monster. Okay, so actually Episode 2 is what she ends up in Silent Hill World. Okay. Uh, uh, which uh, So she sees a Silent Hill monster, which then gets hit over the head w- by, with a bat by an NPC. This NPC then tells Astrid, nothing is what it seems! And it gives her a baseball bat to protect herself. Astrid is like, I don't like weapons! Which at first I was like, a baseball bat, but then, I guess, <laughs> it's Norway. Baseball bats right. probably are not common. Yeah. Uh, and then the scene just ends. Back with Carl, he tries to convince Brit her, himself to come to the funeral. When Ava shows up with a shotgun and shows up and shows him a mutilated corpse, Ava then asks if Carl can show her how to use the shotgun. He tells her he'll think on it. Back at the foundation... Okay, this is good. Back to the foundation, the ritual is about to begin... A ritual mm-hmm. to end the withering. Rachel then says she submits herself to the purifier's cleansing judgment as Krista steps forward and is handed a knife, which she uses to slash Rachel's arms. Then this happens. And I, I'm just gonna just sh- show you this scene. Uh oh no, I didn't I didn't capture that. I captured the aftermath. Darn it. Okay. So what happens is that Toby busts in and throws a Molotov cocktail to, <laughs> that harmlessly explodes? <laughs>
1: Was that a choice people
0: got to make? Yes. Attack the Institute. uh, Attack the Foundation was one of them. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So he just shows us like, this is for joy. Throws into the corner and just kind of explodes and peters out. And everyone's like, what?
1: Wait, he didn't throw it at
0: anyone? (laughs) Nope. Just throw it into the corner of the room. Oh. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So. Oh. Poor Toby. He tries, man. So, Rachel passes out, and she wakes up and finds out they're now in Hell, Pennsylvania as Silent Hill monsters show up and attack Toby. What happens to Toby? I don't know, because we're back in Norway, as she sneaks up on a man who has Orson's soccer ball. She then wakes up in regular Norway, as a woman with a handlebar mustache reunites her with her son. This woman then nonchalantly tells her that she has called child services and leaves. What? Yeah, because apparently the child has been missing for like an hour or something like that. So... Back in Hell, Pennsylvania, an NPC is killed by the Hell Monster, and Toby is just fine. Rachel then passes out and wakes up, and it turns out it was just a dream. Everyone then just... okay, no. Everyone just sort of stands around when this happens, and I am definitely showing you this because this is... Okay. Oh, I just love how everything this... this I love how everything happens in this. Rachel! Are you okay? You were screaming.
2: Did did you see it? No, baby. I didn't see anything. Fuck!
1: What? <laughs> Wait, what? What? What, is, what does that mean?
0: What does what mean? D- a dude just... What? Well, yeah, because the fire was going on. The Molotov <laughs> cocktail like set the room on fire, and everyone's just like, oh, wow, that was... Cr- Rachel, you okay? She's like, do you see any of the monsters? And they're like, no, we didn't. And they just awkwardly stare at each other, and they're like, one the guy's like, fuck, fire! <laughs> <laughs> no one else cares about the fire, but this man's like, I am prepared. <laughs> Oh, oh the show is clown shoes. It really is. <laughs>
1: this oh. is <sighs> Oh yeah. It's so good, man. It's so good. Like I try to give riding leeway and see what they're trying to do. And I think I can kind of see what they're trying to do, but it doesn't change the fact that the way they're doing it is objectively bad.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is. Because, like, how do you put together that scene and see how, like, nobody's reacting to the fire except for this one random person? <laughs> and, like, go, like, okay, no, this is, um... This is good. Yeah, this is good. We're not even going to address the Molotov cocktail being thrown, or at least not immediately. Nope. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: it's it's bad. It's so, so bad. Well, also, just the way that that initially started is Toby shows up, throws a Molotov cocktail at nothing, mm-hmm. and everyone just sort of goes, Huh? And yeah. then Rachel just passes out. Yep. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't pass out from being too close to the burst of fire or anything. She just passed out.
0: Yep. Yeah, she just passed out. It was ritual-related, I guess. I don't know. She got slashed, and all the not-blood that came out of her not-wounds uh, right. caused her to pass out from a not-anemia. Yeah, it's not. It's bad. It's bad. But the scene continues. Okay. Um, because everyone realizes they're supposed to be angry and starts yelling at Toby, who turns Uh out also saw the Silent Hill monsters. In fact, apparently everyone but Eric did. Uh, what? Yeah. (laughs) So, Krista is angry at Rachel because she is clearly cursed, and the head of the foundation tells everyone to go home and rest, which is why the very next scene they're just arguing about this more in the library. What? Why the library? Well, well, it's like the library of the foundation, I should say. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not like they go and hang out at the public library, <laughs> which would be funny, but... Right. Yeah. Yeah, Krista's like the only one here who's like reacting with any sort of sense, because she's like incredibly angry that, like, Rachel's supposedly anointed by the purifier, but Toby just firebombed him, and we're not doing anything about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Rachel's like, I'll talk to Eric about Toby. Meanwhile... What? Yeah. How is that the solution, Rachel? Cause Eric is like Toby's only friend when we last, and of course, when we last saw Eric, he was very busy being very friendly to Toby. And by very friendly, I mean Toby was punching him right. I So meanwhile, Toby is buying alcohol when Joy shows up again and accuses him of always running, including w- from what happened at the mill. So I guess something happened in the mill that's caused the entire town to blame Toby for all of its problems which Uh Toby responds by saying he'll make it right by telling the whole town the fuck off. Um, Toby's going to have zero follow-throughs with this. Or, hmm, that's a lie. He Mm. will. He will have follow-through with this exact one thing. He doesn't have follow-through with anything else. Okay. Back in Norway, Ava and Carl are burying more mutilated corpses as they try to figure out who was doing this.
1: Wait, should the police not be involved with the mutilated corpse
0: problem? To be fair, I think they're like corpses of animals. Okay. Yeah, because Carl talks still, about the coast disappearing, but still, yeah, yeah. Like Carl just talked about is like, oh man, Ash has talked about setting up cameras so he could see who's uh, doing this and what have you. But uh, yeah, Ava tells a weird story at this point about taking a dead rabbit home to perform an autopsy. That's really creepy. And Ava okay. then asks why everyone hates Carl's family when a Silent Hill monster shows up. Carl shoots it and tells Ava, to "Go home." Back with Toby, he has more visions and voices of joy she then vomits a Silent Hill monster who turns into Rachel and he runs away. Literally every scene of Toby by himself is him being like, oh God, my sister, she hates me. Mm-hmm. It's interminable. It's interminable. <laughs> Back with Astrid, she's hanging out in some dirty dockyards when she meets with Child Protective Services. Okay. Back at Rachel and Eric's home. Oh. For- I mean, the scene goes on, but it, it is, it's pointless, Alex. It's right, pointless. okay. Um... Rachel is mad at Eric for telling Toby about the meeting. She's so mad at him for talking to Toby and taking and being taken advantage of. She's like, how can you have Toby take advantage of you? That she now is immediately going to take advantage of him to, talk, to tell him to talk to Toby and get him to back off. At the bar, Toby is getting drunk and drawing pictures of naked Silent Hill monsters saying he's going to blow the lid off the foundation. Eric then shows up and buys Toby a drink. He tells Toby if... That if going after the foundation is something he's gonna do, well, it's gonna get people hurt. Which Toby is like, Yeah, great, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I hate the foundation. Mm-hmm. So Eric's like, Well, what about my daughter? My daughter might get hurt, and then like uh Toby I like, counters like if you stay at the foundation, your daughter's gonna get hurt, and then they have a big old argument about it, and they basically part on bad terms. Back with Rachel and Xavier. Xavier wants Rachel to recruit Toby to the foundation by any means necessary. Why? What? Funny. What? That's that's what Rachel says. Rachel's like, uh, Eric, uh, not Eric, Toby hates me. And Xavier's like, but I believe in you. You could do this. And Rachel's like, do I really have to do this? And Xavier's like, this isn't a choice. This is an order. Yeah. And it's like a really weird because the decision point is like really obviously made out of like what you could do is like you could appeal to his humanity. You could also be angry with them and use your anger to convince him. What? Yeah, it's bad. What is this cult? I don't know. They're trying to stop the withering by doing blood rituals, but it's not really explained like how long they've been doing this or if the withering has ever showed up before or what's going on. Their whole thing seems to be like, hey, we help people get clean and also help stop Silent Hill monsters, but also not really. Yeah, they, the Silent Hill monsters seem to be happening a lot. Yeah, they really seem to be. And they're going to continue happening as we go back to Norway, where Carl is chopping wood when he hears a gunshot as Ava is practicing shooting. Carl then agrees to teach her how to shoot. He tells her to aim for the head, which is not good advice on shooting, as I, might, no. as I point in here. Carl then hears a window break, and he goes back home, where he finds Meta trying to break into his home. Meta, by the way, is his dead wife's sister. And the episode ends. Okay. Episode three Penance. So it starts with Astrid walking with Orson to get ice cream, which he's psyched about. But then the fog rolls in, and Orson is scared, and they run through the fog. Back with Carl and Meta, he tells Meta that somebody else killed his wife, which Meta is like, I 100% believe you, Carl. Absolutely. Don't worry, I'm here with you, and everything's gonna be fine like meta like very strongly starts to come on to carl and carl's mm-hmm. clearly into it. Mhm. Um so that's a uh, uncomfortable. Mhm. So meta basically came to town the second she heard her sister had died because you know obviously she needs to be there for carl and uh definitely not that she saw an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Right. Also apparently Astra doesn't like her probably for the fact that meta keeps trying to get with carl. Right. So back to the laundromat, Eric and Toby are having a talk about how Rachel is using Eric. Eric then tells him to leave, which he does. Uh, mm-hmm. And he starts wandering the streets drunk, claiming he's going to leave town when he finds a Silent Hill monster and runs away scared. You can tell this is like the point that I stopped, like, you know, even trying to add some sort of flourish to any of like these paragraphs and like describe what's happening in the scene. And I was totally bored. It
1: it sounds like this, well, we have passed the point where they stopped trying to add any flourish to the monsters.
0: Oh, yeah, that too.
1: Yes. The, so from my recollection, they initially said that this show was going to be like a slow burn. Yeah. And it would take a while for even like monsters to show up. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like there's been at least one every segment.
0: Yeah, the Silent Hill monsters show up actually very frequently, as it turns out. Yeah, both human and dog. I-
1: I'm also unclear what the Silent Hill monsters are trying to do.
0: Uh, be scary and maybe kill people? They only have one confirmed body that- Yeah. their
1: name. Maybe two. Like, it sounds like they just keep chasing, like, the same three
0: people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll do something that's, like, avoidant, and then, like, a Silent Hill monster will show up, and they'll go, like, Oh, no, a Silent Hill monster, and run away. Right. Which, okay, I get
1: it. That means that, like, the Silent Hill monsters are, like, incarnations of our guilt or our uncertainty or our irresponsibility. Yeah. And when you do something bad, they come to punish you. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, they have no effect. They don't. Like, they show up, the person who summoned them by doing a bad thing gets scared and runs away, and then the next scene with them, they go right back to doing the same things they've been doing. Mm-hmm. And, like don't acknowledge that they saw a monster that tried to eat their face
0: yeah they don't they absolutely don't they do not acknowledge that like toby's like like oh man i keep seeing my sister and there's monsters everywhere or and like like carl kind of doesn't like carl like occasionally alludes to them but like not really like i think i feel like if i saw a, a fleshy man covered in barbed wire and he chased me chased me through a field i'd be telling a lot of people about that yeah I would maybe try to
1: talk to the cult that seems to specialize in weird fleshy barbed wire men, yeah,
0: right yeah, that seems like something like that seems like something you would do like Rachel's the only one who does so, but even then it's like how should like oh, it was like a dream,
1: yeah, and they're like, oh, it's a vision from the great whatever like yeah. this is the reason why once you get into Silent Hill, you're stuck there. Mm-hmm. you are with the monsters in their domain and you need to deal with them,
0: yeah. Yeah, and maybe, well, I'm sure that'll happen eventually, but right now, it absolutely is not. And so, yeah, it's just weird and disjointed because of that. So, back with Astrid, she wanders back to Carl's home and runs to Meta. Astrid is surprised and is immediately suspicious that she's there, but she's like, whatever, I'm going to be nice with her. I'm going to help carry her bags up, when she immediately drops said bags and out pops a pill bottle full of morphine. So... It turns out Meta is a nurse, and she claims, oh, you know how working in a hospital is? Sometimes you just come home with a bottle full of morphine pills. I don't I don't think you do that. You absolutely do not. Uh, if that happened, that, your license yeah. would be revoked almost immediately. Yeah. Like, there is very strict counts that happen. Source, I am a nurse. Uh-huh. Um,
1: yeah, I kind of assumed that that was, like, a number one thing you'd lose your license over. Oh, yeah. And would not get it back.
0: Yeah, I... It's called Diversion. I see nurses accidentally do that with, like, half a pill of morphine. Or, uh-huh. like, it's not morphine, like, ms cotton or something similar. Uh-huh. Uh, and, yeah, like, if if the Board of Nursing catches on to that, they basically go, like, okay, you're not working for a couple weeks. You need to take remediation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they are very, very strict on this, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. So, Astrid immediately accuses Meta of using the morphine on her mom, which is not how that works. You can't really just... You sort of can reconstitute pills in liquid form Mm -hmm. and inject them, but I guarantee you bad things are going to happen if you do that.
1: Right. Also, if she was going to sneak morphine out of the hospital to murder her via injection, Mm -hmm. I think she would have just snuck out liquid morphine.
0: Yeah, she would have done that. Yeah, uh, 100%, which is typically how morphine comes in, by the way, comes in vials. Yeah, It's really strange. Yeah, this is one of those things where being a nurse, I was overjoyed when a <laughs> bottle of morphine came out, and they went, "Oh, this is how uh, Ingrid got the morphine in her system." And I'm like, "Ha no, it isn't." No. So uh, Astrid accuses us Meta of using the morphine on her mom, uh, and she says Carl should know about this, which will happen far later because this is the decision point. So mm-hmm. back at the foundation, Chris is angry. Wait, that
1: wait, what is the decision?
0: Oh, whether or not uh, it's basically should she tell Carl uh should she uh tell carl directly or pressure meta into telling carl what yes that's what mm-hmm.
1: why would she give this woman
0: she hates the benefit of the doubt to do it for her well i mean she's gonna she's gonna basically call her on her shit to carl well i guess like not telling uh carl would be giving benefit of the doubt yeah you're correct right yeah um th- that's a great question um i will tell you this decision is pointless Okay, because it's like I'm going to tell
1: him. Decision point. Should I tell him? <laughs> the script says yes.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, you probably should. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great. Like every decision in this, that's not like an actual major decision. Uh-huh. Uh, it ends up having zero weight to it when it's great. going to be. And spoiler, they're going to walk it back like mm-hmm. almost immediately afterwards. So back at the foundation, Krista is angry that Rachel is being trusted with Toby because everything she does is a failure. Mm-hmm. Rachel then pops into the room because she's like overhears this, and Krista's like, I don't give a damn. You're a stupid failure. I don't yeah. believe anything about you. And you're gonna cause withering to happen. Deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, that all tracks.
0: Yeah. Once again, Krista, you're the best. Yeah.
1: Like the only consistent character in this show. Mm-hmm. The
0: only consistent character. It's probably because she's like one of the characters that she's not a main, main character. So, like, right. there's only like five characters that you actually make decisions for. Right. Like, and uh, yeah, Krista is not one of them. So, that's probably why she's actually written consistently. Mm hmm. So, back with Carl, Astrid walks in without Orson because she still thinks he killed her mom, despite all the evidence to the contrary at this point. <laughs> right. And then uh, tells him that she found morphine on Meta. And Metha's in the room as well, and Carl is like, is this true? Scene ends. Because we're now at the Norway Ice Bar where Meta explains everything to Carl, and Carl's like, oh, okay, I totally believe you. is probably just mad about an event that happened between you two like ten years ago.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Does he elaborate about the event?
0: No! So we're back with Frachel and the drug dealer. Wait, this hold on. so
1: exhausting.
0: Oh god, I just skipped it. A- I skipped the scene. Okay, so... Okay. Rachel is now sad, walking along the streets when she gets a call. Her call, by mm-hmm. the way, is the, the the Silent Hill theme song. Uh, an NPC then runs into her, and it turns out it's the former drug dealer of Joy. Turns out he knows Toby, and he's basically acting high, and he says he needs Rachel bl- Rachel's blood to protect him from them. Mm-hmm. So then the uh, ice bar scene happens in between this, and then we're back with Rachel and the drug dealer, who then... She just pulls out a knife and gives, like, slashes her arms and gives him the blood in a vial. I don't, I don't
1: think this is how drug dealing works. I don't
0: think it is either. <laughs> and he, uh, he leads her to Toby. Toby is pissed about this, but the drug deal reasons to Toby that he should listen to Rachel because she helped her sis, his sister, get clean, so she could be worthwhile to listen to. Which I'm like, that's not really. Is that how drug dealers act? I don't. Thanks for helping get my clients cleaned. You did the right thing, Colt. Yeah, I I don't. <clears throat> okay. So she asked Toby to join the foundation, telling him she's w- trying to make things right. And Toby tells her that when they work together, people die. He just wanders off. What? What does that mean? I guess it means that at some point they work together. And maybe that's what happened. Like with the bad things at the mill or something. I don't know. It is not elaborated on. So back with Astrid, she's just sort of wandering the streets now when she sees her dead mom. And by dead mom, I mean she sees the de- detective, who has news for Astrid. Her mom's corpse is just missing. Astrid is understandably angry, so the detective jokes, hey, it's not like she walked away, and then just leaves. So- I, I'm- okay, I'm sorry,
1: where did this scene take place? In Norway. No, where- wh- oh, what's set?
0: D- just like the streets of Norway-
1: Okay, is that is that how you inform a brief family member about their deceased loved one's missing corpse?
0: Apparently it
1: is. Just flag him down on the streets and be like, oh, by the way, they're gone. It's not like they walked away anyway. Have a good day. <laughs> yeah, take care, man. <laughs> okay. Peak professionalism.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, detective sucks, honestly. <laughs> uh so Toby, we're back with Toby now, and he's walking around angrily as he sees Joy again who tells him to join the foundation so he can destroy it from within. Back with Carl, he's just wandering around the grounds of Norway with a shotgun when Astrid shows up. She tells him that uh, his wife's body is missing, which Carl is angry, thinking there's a concerted effort to bring down his family and proceeds to walk around the farm with a shotgun. Back in Pennsylvania with Rachel and Eric, he's surprised that she tried to recruit Toby. Eric is angry that Rachel won't tell him the truth about the foundation. And that Toby said she was going to get him and their daughter killed. Oh, and Toby says that. Toby said, oh, yeah, no, Toby mm-hmm. tells Eric that uh, she's going to get him and his daughter killed, which Eric is starting to believe. Apparently, a Xavier has put their family through a lot, and Eric is kind of done with that. Back with Carl in Norway, he and Ava are just wandering the woods looking for vandals when Berry Man shows up and asks Yay. about berries. He is then run off by Carl. Back with Krista and Toby, Toby. Uh, basically asked Krista to join the Foundation, saying he's tired of running. Krista's like, cool, well you need to pick a mentor, which could be either me, or Rachel, or Eric. See, next. Okay, at
1: least two of those choices make sense.
0: Yeah, right? Back with Carl and Ava, they have set up protective runes around the farm to protect them from spirits. He then goes to feed the goats. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, Are we acknowledging the weird ghost monsters yet or not? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) But he is going to go feed the goats and patrol the farm when he runs into Ava again and they're attacked by a Silent Hill monster, which they shoot. However, it turns out it wasn't a monster. It was Berry Man. Carl then accuses the dying man of murdering his wife, which he just responds that he's that Carl ripped out the heart of the town. He hides out on the farm. This will be your tomb. Ava then, for some reason, like just disconcertingly tells a weird story about a bunny she found that got bitten by a cat. So she just let it bleed out. And then the scene ends. Back at the foundation, Rachel's angry that Xavier gave her a job she couldn't succeed at. But Xavier basically just calls her a failure and Chris just celebrates. The leader of the foundation then wants (laughs) Rachel- Wait, what do you mean she couldn't succeed at? Well, cause like, Rachel's like, you know, Toby hates me. There's no way he was gonna agree to do anything I was gonna tell him to do. But, but, but he did. Yeah, but Chris has given credit for bringing him into the foundation.
1: Okay. Yeah. Wh- why? He just walked up to her and was like, "Hey, yeah, sounds good."
0: Yeah. That this. I just want to join now. Nothing suspicious at all. Yeah. It's it, Xavier seems to come off very irrational in most of the scenes he's in. Honestly. Uh huh. And this one especially, because he's just, like, absolutely livid with Rachel. Like, you're a failure. I gave you a mission that you should have been able to accomplish. You should not let your faith waver like this. And Christian's just like, yeah, bitch. (laughs) So the leader of the foundation then wants Rachel's daughter to participate in the ceremony, which Rachel is not down for, but is immediately beaten into doing so by the rest of the foundation. Back with Carl, he he calls the police to let him know somebody was hurt. When the detective shows up though, there's no blood and Carl's just unsure if he hurt anyone and there's like no body there. So she just sort of leaves. Uh, they don't question Ava about this at all. Mm-hmm. Ava's just not there. So back with Rachel and Eric. Rachel's angrily berating Eric for not letting her like 7 year old daughter participate in some weird cult stuff. Like mm-hmm. straight up saying, if you just applied yourself you'd be something Eric and other such nonsense. Mm-hmm. Rachel then says, hey, my word is final. We're doing this. And then Faith shows up and throws the fit about her mom never playing with her. Rachel then says, throwing a fit is what you do to get your way. Which Faith then says, that's what you do. And then slaps Rachel. (laughs) Damn. And then runs off. Rachel then goes into the basement looking for Faith as the episode ends. And that's where we're ending. So I guess to kind of recap and put some sort of bow on this. Mm -hmm. There are strange events happening in Norway and Pennsylvania that seem to be connected by the shared experiences of people having latent guilt and avoiding said guilt. And then when they do, it causes monsters to show up and bad things happen. For Carl's family in Norway, there is apparently something they did a long time ago that has made their entire town hate them. Uh, And there's a lot of friction within their own family. In Pennsylvania, apparently an event happened also roughly 10 years ago that caused basically the entire town to hate one single drunk person, but another person may have been involved with and is dealing with and guilt around that, which is causing her to see visions. Visions that have attracted the attention of a cult who wants to bring her in in order to stop the withering. Bunch of stuff happens. Not a whole lot of it ends up being super duper relevant, but it basically ends with this drunk person who the town entirely hates joining the foundation in order to bring them down from within. That explanation... Right. Basically, succinctly wraps that up over basically something that was like three hours worth of content. Congratulations. Sound Hill Ascension is pointless, everybody.
1: It, oh, this is, this is really rough. I mean, uh, yeah, from what a, a dire s- thing. Yes. Yes. From a strictly objective story structure viewpoint, I can understand what they are trying to accomplish. hmm. But when you go any amount of depth into the actual execution, this is meandering, boring. I don't care about any of the characters. Mm -hmm. None of their motivations have make sense or have been explored. It is basically pointless mystery boxing and jumping around scenes to facilitate voting that does not impact the outcome of things. Mm -hmm. It is... And I feel like if you were, I feel like if you were to focus on and really dr- drill down into one of these characters, you could start to get somewhere mm-hmm. and start to focus in on a narrative that borders on compelling, maybe if done better. Mm-hmm. But it gets back into what seems to be like Jinvid's kind of fundamental flawed mentality,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is, this thing needs to keep people constantly engaged. And to do that, we need to run this every day mm-hmm. for six months, which means we do not have time to tell a story with one viewpoint. So we need to constantly jump around viewpoints and waste everyone's time by hammering in the same narrative themes five times over, mm-hmm. thereby delaying us getting to the actual point of the story.
0: Yeah. And like every one of knows- those guess not every one of those scenes but like it it seems like either either, every scene needs to be like a decision or a payoff right right which means that like every scene ends like very awkwardly with somebody setting up like your decisions and whatnot Mm -hmm. and then like the next scene like ending said decisions and then like the scene after that retconning those decisions to get them back on whatever desired path they want to go forward with right But also, the
1: decision is meaningless, Mm -hmm. because you lack any context about who these people are. Mm -hmm. You're just being asked to tell them what to do, and you, among thousands of people on the internet, yeah, you're just gonna say whatever sounds funniest.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, and that's how you get scenes like, as we'll see later, Carl getting incredibly angry at at his grandson for not being able to see the his grandmother's body at the funeral uh and then the very next scene being like oh orson my sweet little boy like like yeah like or everything involving carl and meta being like oh no they discovered the morphine and in the very next scene being like oh okay that totally explains everything no you're (laughs) fine it's like yeah like it wouldn't have mattered if carl had been told or not or, like, heck, like, the scene with Carl and, like, the detective when he's being interrogated. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if he tells her about, like, right. the Silent Hill monsters. He's just going to get left off the hook right afterwards anyways. And, like, nothing has
1: consequence. And because of that, the consequences can't build on each other. Mm-hmm. Like, even when, it, when Silent Hill is a slow burn, it is supposed to be a descent. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be being dragged down by the wilt by the weight of your guilt and consequences into this realm of madness. Mm-hmm. But it's not, there is no consequence. All the guilt has already taken place over things we aren't told about. And we are just pushed towards more monsters showing up out of nowhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. And yeah, like it, it ends up, like you said, feeling very meaningless in the end. Yeah. And I don't know. I I can tell you that major decisions do eventually happen, like week six or so. Mm-hmm. Like I will say that one of these characters does die at the least. Okay. Uh, so something that will theoretically alter the story in some profound ways does happen. But like in the meantime, yeah, it's a bunch of like a lot of like little little things that just don't seem to have much of an impact. Right. So
1: I guess my only question about that is when things happen and that character dies. Do we know enough to care yet? That's going to be a great question. I, I don't know. Because, like, right now, everyone just feels like a meaningless
0: asshole. <laughs> a meaningless asshole who d- can sometimes not even act consistently from one 90-second si- snippet to another. Or even yeah. within that 90-second snippet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, out of all these characters, like... Honestly, it's very telling, because, like, I there's one, like, component to this I forgot to mention. There's, like, a... um a faith and damnation meter that like and like hope oh, meter. oh
1: god i forgot about the meter
0: yeah like as you do like the mini games it'll build it up and you need to do more mini games to build up their hope meter mm-hmm. um it should be noted that the vast majority of characters have very little hope right now <laughs> except for like carl i think it's carl and astrid they actually mm-hmm. have like pretty high hope meters astrid's like teetering on the line carl's like pretty much full like, Why?
1: Why is Carl full? Everything's going <laughs> wrong for him.
0: Because <laughs> people are playing the mini games for him. They're giving him a lot of hope. But he yet, shot a man, maybe. Yeah, he maybe shot a man. <laughs> but yeah, like, it, it goes to show that, like, yeah, the community cares about, like, one of these characters and maybe another, but the rest are like, <laughs> nah, man, whatever. Mm. They, they suck. Who cares? Yeah, so uh, I think uh, overall the audience maybe doesn't care about this a whole lot either.
1: Yeah, which kind of undercuts the whole thing mm-hmm. like that's that is one of the core problems with this is if you don't get audience buy-in you can't judge it on its own merit mm-hmm.
0: yeah you you simply can't yeah and honestly alex i i see this and i kind of wonder in like the dropping numbers and i mm-hmm. we still have theoretically like five or so months to go is this yeah. gonna still be going after five months I I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess I'll find out because, like I said, I'm gonna keep watching this. All right. It it does not
1: sound like it has established a reason to continue to exist at this
0: point. It really hasn't. Not for me. Well, I guess I'm continuing it for content, but outside of that, yeah, it hasn't established a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll get better. Maybe it won't. Like I said every YouTube reaction or just any sort of article about this has been pretty much overwhelmingly negative. And that includes, like, the most latest stuff, which, unsurprisingly, there are less and less uh, articles and YouTube videos about. Mm-hmm. But that will be... But maybe one day we will end up revisiting this. And if we do, that'll be at some point in 2024, because this is our last episode of the year. Uh, Alex, yeah. how are you feeling? I'm, I'm, I'm
1: tired. I'm (laughs) tired of people missing the point of Silent Hill. Mm -hmm. And I say this as a person who has played one Silent Hill game. Mm -hmm. And it's not even anywhere close to the best one. Which one was
0: that?
1: Uh, The first one.
0: Ah, yes.
1: Like, it was very cool for its time, but it is, it is not the highlight of the series.
0: No, no, it is not. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it's... That's a, that's the a thing when like you have like this legacy franchise that like lives long enough that other people are touching it that aren't the original creators and whatnot, mm-hmm. like yeah you end up um, you end up getting some, sometimes some interesting things, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's stuff that just sort of misses the point, especially when it just feels like it's part of a larger cash grab from the parent company.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, I do. I did forget to ask one question. Okay. Have we seen Pyramid Head yet? No. Okay. Surprising amount of restraint in that regard.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) Normally,
1: that's the thing people rush way too fast. Like, first of all, Pyramid Head should only ever show up in Silent Hill 2. He makes no sense outside of that game. Mm -hmm. But even accepting that, normally people just run the Pyramid Head as soon as they can.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, usually that's what they do, but... You know, not uh not this time anyways. But you know, give it some time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ooh, IGN Middle East, which unexpected. Hmm. Uh mm-hmm. apparently is reporting Silent Hill 2 remake includes Pyramid Head Origin Story. Did you want that, everybody? No! I I, I can't think of a worse idea. <laughs>
1: Right? The origin story is that the main character saw a guy in a Civil War executioner's hat and that reminds him of his guilt so Silent Hill made it a monster to chase him. Mm-hmm. That's the origin story. <laughs> there is no other origin story and everything that tries to tell you there is including the Silent
0: Hill movie is wrong. hmm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is what happens when you make a really cool thing. Mm -hmm. and other people get a hold of it and go like, what if we put it in our thing?
1: It's like, no, make your own thing that makes sense.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Follow up to the story. Um, Eurogamer is... No, okay. Actually, no. Mm -hmm. PC Games, uh, PC Games and is saying no Silent Hill 2 won't have a Pyramid Head origin level. It was a misinterpreted quote, but then Eurogamer the following day says, pre-order suggests a origin story for Pyramid Head. But then Konami then updates that saying it's retailer listed incorrect information. So who the hell knows?
1: <laughs> who knows? It's <sighs> This game's probably not going to be good enough to care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's...
1: it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
0: Oh, Silent Hill, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Again, Silent Hill 2 is one of the most beloved horror games ever created. Mm-hmm. And that is a just a dead franchise and the parent company has lost the source code to that beloved game. Yep. Like, that's the state of Silent Hill. It doesn't matter how good it is. Konami's going to screw
0: it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty much guaranteed.
2: Ah. <sighs>
0: Look forward to Silent Hill 2 coming out next year. So, with that, I think we're gonna go ahead and close out this year, Alex, because uh, the following week, so. we are not going to have a new episode because, you know, gotta take a break sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's gonna be the new year. Like, happy... Back, yeah, no, it would be like, yeah, literally the second. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, with that, I uh, hope you all had a good year and have a good, happy holidays. Hopefully mm-hmm. thinking about something other than Silent Hill Ascension. But uh, if you do want uh, to tell us all about uh, your thoughts on Silent Hill Ascension and other things, you go to ftp.podbean.com, not only to watch other podcast episodes, or I guess listen to them technically, but to like leave us comments about what's, uh, what your thoughts about those are. You can also find us on YouTube at uh, fallen Through Plotholes or search for Falling Through Plotholes on your podcast service of choice if you want to listen to us that way. We also have an email address, uh, FallingThroughPlotholes at gmail.com, where we can share your uh, favorite uh, piece of fanfiction about Pyramid Head. I know you probably uh... wrote one and posted on fanfiction.net. Tell us, uh, Tell us about how your OC married Pyramid Head and reformed him. <sighs> I'm still thinking about that
1: one scene in the Silent Hill movie where Pyramid Head just shows up and clean rips that lady's skin off Ooh. like one of that oh yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's like a legitimately good monster like movie monster kill. Mm-hmm. He just like grabs this lady like around the chest area and just twists and her whole skin comes off. that's pretty good, <laughs> and he just throws it against the wall. <laughs> Like, it is legitimately just, oh.
0: Yeah, wow.
1: It's like, there's no reason for you to be in this movie, but damn.
0: But yeah, you know, he he at least gave you a good kill, man. Yep. That's like, that sounds like possibly better than my favorite horror movie kill, which is the Jason X kill, where he just freezes that lady's head and liquid nitrogen smashes it. (laughs) Oh, that one's so good.
1: That's, that's pretty good. But (laughs) yeah, I think this one, this one's a contender.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. Ah oh, man good stuff good stuff yeah heck i mean tell us about your favorite horror movie kill if you don't want to talk about yeah you know, your pyramid head fan fiction that works too honestly but yeah with that alex hope you have a good uh christmas and new year
1: you too hope it's all good
0: yeah, thank you and take care everybody take care